The school year theme is all in. What does that mean? What does it mean to be all in? In the game of poker, it refers to the moment when a player bets all of their chips on a single hand. They're so confident that they have the winning cards that they hold nothing back. But to go all in, it's kind of risky because you either win big or you lose everything. Now today, that term has kind of transcended the poker world, and now it's used in everyday life to express our confidence or enthusiasm about something. At its core, it's a con- the concept is about faith. It's about commitment. We might define it this way. To be all in is to be fully devoted to something, regardless of what it costs us, regardless of how it affects us, doesn't matter, I'm all in, fully devoted. For example, if you're all in on a sports team, you know that team's history, you know the tradition, you can brag about how many championships your team has won. You could probably name the players on the roster and their stats and where they came from. You might be a season ticket holder, you might even adjust your schedule based on the schedule of the team. Maybe you're going to the games wearing a replica jersey and full face paint because you're all in for that team. Or as parents, we want to be all in for our kids. And that devotion is what drives us to do so many things. Right? We're about to experience that as the start of school happens. Getting up super early to make sure that they're ready and dragging them out of bed, make sure that they're ready for school. Or driving to and sitting through various activities. Or teaching them really important life lessons. For some of us, that devotion, we were able to to make sacrifices so that our children could come to this amazing school at Crown of Life and receive the excellent education that's here along with the faithful foundation. Because we're all in for our kids. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus uses two examples, two parables, to teach us what it means to be all in for God's kingdom. In the first story, there's the man who's, who's working out in the field one day, and unexpectedly, thud, his shovel hits a wooden chest. In an excited frenzy, he keeps sticking around it, he clears the dirt off of it. What is it? It's a treasure. And it's a treasure of extreme value, and the man is willing to part with everything else that he has so he can have that. He's all in. Or the second story, there's the merchant, probably better translated from the Greek uh, as wholesaler. And it actually does give us a little bit more information about that man because it means he probably had an inventory of dozens, maybe hundreds of different pearls, right? Different sizes and shapes and shines and luster and value and all the stuff you could learn at a Uh, at at the uh, jewelry store. But then he sees this one pearl, and he has to have it. And so he's willing to part and get rid of his entire inventory, everything, so he can have this one pearl. He's all in. Two different situations that Jesus gives, but the same outcome. Both come upon something of value, and when they recognize that value, they're willing to part with everything else. So they could have that. And that, the lesson for us is, is simple, right? The, tr- the treasure is the kingdom of heaven. And the pearl of great value is Jesus Christ who's won our salvation, 
who's forgiven us of our sin, who restores us to the Heavenly Father, this treasure has been made known to you by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And our response should be the same as the men in the parable. We should, as Paul says, count everything else as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. These parables, and this text as well, it it challenges us to make our relationship with Jesus our first priority. More than our hobbies or interests, more above our careers, even over our own families. That's first commandment language, right? You shall have no other gods. Christ and his kingdom come first. Like the disciples who left it all to follow Jesus. We should see nothing as important and nothing as essential as our spiritual walk with Christ. And instilling that same spirituality into the hearts of our children. We should be all in for Jesus. And what does that look like? What does it look like to be all in for Jesus? Well, Scripture gives us a a plethora of examples here, right? Abraham in the Old Testament, he left his home, everything he knew, and followed the call of God. Gideon led a ragtag team to face a multitude of Midianites, though they were only armed with jars and torches. Peter stepped out of the boat and walked to Jesus on the water. Stephen stood up to the religious leaders, though it would cost him his life. They were all in. Today, for us, being all in for the faith might mean prioritizing your schedule so that time in God's house comes before the soccer tournament. Because you're present. You're involved in your church community. You're all in. It could look like sacrificing sleep so that you can start or end your day in the Bible. Because you're devoted to learning and to hearing and to studying God's word. And growing in your faith walk. Maybe it means finding volunteer roles or leading ministry events because you're passionate about serving God and his people. It could look like using the platforms that you've been given in your career or in your social setting to speak openly about your faith or being that person who prays for those who are in distress instead of just saying, yeah, I'm going to pray for you about that, and then walking away to actually say, no, we're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. Because you're bold in shining the light of Christ in your relationships. You're all in. You're present. You're involved. You're focused on God's message for you and growing spiritually. You're serving, loving, serving passionately. You're using your relationships to bring Christ into those conversations. But when we start thinking about that concept, what that would actually mean if we were to apply those concepts to our everyday lives, that's a little bit tricky. When we start to think about what it means to be fully devoted to the Christian life, despite the cost, despite the potential persecution, despite how it stands opposed to the culture of the day, we start to struggle. Putting Christ first is difficult. 
It's hard to push the chips in and say, I'm all in, everything I am for your kingdom's cause. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. We sense that struggle. Our sinful nature wants, wants us to hold back, wants us to hedge our bets. I'll put some on Jesus and some other things over here as well. We feel that temptation to compartmentalize our lives so that Jesus gets part but not the whole. He can have our Sunday mornings but not our hearts. He can have our leftovers but not our priorities. And as we explore that problem, this, this struggle that we have in holding back, I think there are two reasons why we're so tempted to hold back from going all in. First, we fear what we have to give up. Fear what we would lose. And it's a real fear. Jesus had some very serious words about following, willing to give up, giving up things to follow him. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Walking the path of discipleship is not easy because it means submitting ourselves to the will and to the commands of God, even when it conflicts with our own desires. So there are times when we want to be vengeful, right? We want to choose someone out, and yet God has called us to be people of peace and to forgive as we've been forgiven. Maybe there's times we want to to seek pleasure. We want to seek comfort. But Jesus commands us to deny ourselves and instead to seek the good of others. Or we don't want to lose our friendships or be seen as judgmental. Instead, we want to just keep the truth of God's word to ourselves because we don't want to give up control. But that's not what Christ has called us to. He's called us to make disciples of all nations. We don't want to give up control. We don't want to give up our sin. We're afraid of what we would lose. The second thing that holds us back from going all in, from living this Christian life, is that we forget what we gain. We forget just how awesome this treasure is. Christ came that we would have life and have it to the full. Though there are struggles in this world, though we face loss, though we face persecution, it cannot be compared with the riches that are ours in Christ. Because he's given us everlasting life in his perfect kingdom. He's given us grace upon grace so that our sins, past, present, future, are all paid for through his blood. This treasure that's revealed to us through the Spirit is the freedom to be called children of God. It's the ability to rest in his mercy. It's a peace that goes beyond understanding. As the psalmist says, we we will spend our days under the Lord's care and our inheritance will endure forever. We are safe in God's arms now and forever. There is an eternal, awesome, secure blessing that is waiting for us in his kingdom. And yet, we so quickly are entranced by the comforts, by the happiness of this world. Right? We receive these, these daily blessings from the Lord, and then we imagine that life could not get any better than this. 
And the real problem is we are too easily satisfied by temporary things so that we forget the eternal things that God has promised to us in Christ. And with our eyes fixated on that which does not last, we forget to live for God's mission. And instead we live in pursuit of whatever can gratify us in the moment. So here we are, forgetful and fearful Christians who are struggling to live as God commanded and falling back into sinful and selfish mentalities. We've heard that call to be all in. And yet so often we are held back by our sinful nature. And acknowledging this, let's take time in the middle of the message to come to God in prayer now and confessing our sins and seeking his mercy for the sake of Christ. And for our confessional prayer time, I actually found a prayer slash poem that I think really encapsulates our situation. So as you hear these words, I'm going to invite you to let them be the words of your confession as we go to God in prayer. Lord, thee I love with half my heart. The world has claimed the other part. I pray thy name be hallowed, Lord, but I want my name to be adored. Thy kingdom come, Thy reign extend, and reign on me wealth without end. Thy will be done, my lips shall pray, but curse when I don't get my way. I thank thee for my daily bread, but cakes and steaks I crave instead. My million sins forgive and forget, while I collect a one-cent debt. From tempting evils, keep me free, unless I find they pleasure me. Lord, thee I love with half my heart. Destroy, reclaim the other part. Amen. Dear Christian, our confession is that we haven't always been all in for Jesus, that our sins have often got the better of us, that we stand in need of his grace and his mercy on a daily basis. And that's exactly what our God has given to us in Christ Jesus. Though we've struggled in our devotion to him, God was, is, and always will be all in for you. Throughout the scriptures, he has shown that he's fully devoted to us regardless of the cost. He saw our broken world after the fall. And rather than just let sin win the day, he came to our rescue. He worked redemption in the midst of people's failures and restoring those who have strayed from his commands. He didn't leave creation to destruction and to decay. but Instead, he starts the story of salvation through Jesus. God is all in for those who feel worthless or guilt-ridden. He lifts up the humble, and and he's this place of, of refuge for his people. He's all in for those who are sick and grieving, bringing healing to hurting hearts and strength to broken bodies. He's all in for those who are stressed. He invites us to rest in him, to trust in his saving work. 
God is all in for marriages, giving it to us as an amazing image of his love and his patience and his sacrifice for us. God is all in for Christian schools, for teachers and students, that he would use this place to develop the next generation of Christian leaders. He's all in for the church and trusting the message of salvation to ordinary people like us. God is all in. For him, we are the treasure that he was willing to give everything up for. Regardless of the cost, he is fully devoted. And there was a cost. The love of God was demonstrated for us in Jesus Christ who saves us through his death and his resurrection. In his mercy, Christ left the glories of heaven to dwell with us and to be laid into a feeding trough in Bethlehem. In his compassion, Jesus healed the sick and he raised the dead and he taught God's word to people and pointed them to his truth. And in his love, Jesus carried the cross and was hung on it. And there in his suffering, Christ died as payment for our sin. So through his blood, we receive grace. Through his resurrection, we were given a place in the kingdom of God. And so because this God, our God, is all in for you, he's forgiven you your sins. He's hurled them into the depths of the sea. He's removed your guilt as far from you as the east is from the west. This is the treasure in the field. This is the pearl of great price. This is the gift of God, and it's given to you freely through Jesus. God is all in. And so let our response to be likewise, to commit ourselves to learning at his feet and to loving those around us. Because we know that our eternity is secured, that our sins are forgiven. Let's respond by living Christian lives of devotion and service. Let's practice the words of our school's theme verse. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And that's what our school ministry is going to be about this year. Teachers being all in for their students but more than that, showcasing for them what it looks like to be all in for Jesus. Reminding them that Jesus is and always will be all in for them. I'll end with this. When you use that term, all in, in the context of poker, we talked about that, it represents a risk. You're either going to win big or lose it all. Both Christ, the victory is already won. He's already overcome sin and the grave, and he gives that victory to you and to me. If you bet on Jesus, you're going to win big. You're going to win eternity. It's a sure thing. So let's go all in. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, in our first reading, King Solomon said this prayer said, may our hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God, to live by his decrees and obey his commands. And today we join in that prayer. We ask for hearts that are all in for you. And yet, Lord, we also recognize our waywardness. We ask for your mercy. We thank you for being all in for us by sending Jesus to be our Savior. May we rest in that grace and live in response to it. In Jesus' name, amen.